Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. The OKs are back. Yeah, you're fucking back fit. Mm-hmm. Back, match fit, feeling good, looking good. FPL well, I don't go that far. Hey, hey, come on. FPL, not so good. Fuck FPL, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of tanking. I'm done. I'm totally Yeah, but you're going to get a really high draft pick next season. Yes. <laughs> That's huge. People, people underestimate that, but that's how you rebuild a franchise. I'm Tank for Tua. Ever heard of it? <laughs> that's like a fucking something. disaster. Get this off the screen. No one wants to look at this. Look at this. What are you up to with the hit? No, oh. don't let them see that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you don't want to talk about your transfers? <laughs> oh my god, I should have pulled up the Discord oh messages god. that you sent me because what did you send me? You were like. I think it was like a matter of five minutes difference, but you t- you you DM me on Discord from Colorado visiting Derek, friend of the pod, Derek, and you were like, "I'm just gonna save in honor of Derek. It's what Derek would have done." Blah blah blah. And then the next time I open Discord, it's just JK took a hit, fucking Jesus and Tomiyasu in, Callum and Sufal out. Bad I'm just bears. lighting points on fire. Yeah, you're running right. backwards as fast as I can, doing yeah, my are. thing. I'm busy. Yeah. I'm just I'm busy doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Team's a mess. Um, Solanke injury today was very bad. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus he, missed missed a little some things. You know, they, of course they concede a goal, so that those transfers are complete disasters. Should have hit in a player who didn't play, so I would have gotten Andreas in. Obviously, that was an issue. <laughs> yeah, everyone who hit in Darwin flying, absolutely flying, flying. with yep. Andreas. It's just like it's such a stupid fucking game. It's good. So you know, everything everything's going badly in uh, on team team Walsh over here. But you know what? Doesn't stop me having fun playing a game, chatting with my buds. You know, man. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. All right. What about you over there? How that's you doing? A, that's the end of the Walsh segment, I think. Tank for please, Tua. Please make it be the end. <laughs> Never again. <clears throat> um, yeah, so similar to you, I should have transferred in a player who didn't play. I would have got the Pereira first on my bench. I wish I got anything for being like, oh, I put Pereira in front of Dom on my bench. Like, that was a really good managerial decision, but didn't matter. You know, Sess. I called the start correctly, zero pointer, Gehi, zero pointer. I should have probably considered in hindsight Pereira over Gehi, but you yeah, know, it's Everton. It's a top two no. clean sheet fixture in the league. But away from home, you know. That's, yeah, that I think was a definite manager error for you. you I'm you surprised so? you didn't oh yeah. I'm, I wish you messaged me. I, I didn't I mean it wouldn't have even been a consideration for me. Yeah, have, I think Everton and I would Gehi over him. If it was I home, think, maybe we would have a conversation. If it was home, I wouldn't have even remotely considered the alternative. Like I had Gehi, a hundred percent, like arguably best best clean sheet fixture in the league. But away, I probably should have looked at it more. Didn't really think too much about it. I, yeah, I feel like the big, way this season is, it's like big swing for you. Yeah, though. I mean that's a minus ten, so it's yeah. fucking huge. I would have. Uh, I got fifty three. I went down fifty k. I would have been on fucking sixty three, and I would have went up. So it's just like an absolutely yeah. massive difference. Yeah, um, yeah I was, at least yeah. we both capped on. So that, that that was not really a consideration. Yeah, Some at least people, we're not. Doing yeah. that, holy shit! Yeah. I, I, if there's one thing that we have learned, at least it's that. Yep. So we got that going. You know, I only went down 50k. Not that yeah. bad. My team's yeah, okay. I wish, I wish you sent me a message about it, but I guess you weren't that close because usually you do. And you're <laughs> I wasn't close, that close. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's yeah. too bad. Okay. I mean, Pereira points. I mean, it's just really hard to predict Pereira points. You know, I mean, it's hard to count on two goals, essentially two from set pieces. One was technically open play, but it was right after a corner. The ball just got recycled back to him and he crossed it back in again. Um, you know, not that I didn't think it was a good fixture. It's just that like Fulham have a lot of good fixtures that Prayer doesn't score points in, you know? Um, 
You know, they scored three goals last week. He didn't get a fucking return. They score three goals every fucking week, and he usually doesn't get a return, you know? It's like, so I didn't really consider it, but yeah, you know, should have, should have done. Yep. yep. He's just so ridiculously good. It's a shame yeah. that there's not like a third premium that we really like or more money. I want to spend more money and start Pereira every week. Like yeah. in another season, we would all be doing that, but there's just not really another premium that's like flying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Let me do league updates. Shout out to the three prizing mug league leaders for October so far. Is it one more game week in October? Uh, yeah, one more game week in October. So close. Scott Hutchby, aka FC Squote, in first place. James Thompson, aka Danger, here in second and three tied for third as of now. Dmitry Kabatsky, aka Goblin. Jamie Bakewell, aka Payne and Diaz. And Steven Natuka, aka Blink182. And then shout out to the leader of the public league, Max. Heinzius, a.k.a. Mexi. Good job by you guys. Um, somewhere you want to start? No. I, I don't know. It's kind of a fucking bad week, huh? The games were fucking terrible. There were, I had a hard time staying awake in some of the yeah. games this week. I was not having a fun time watching <sighs> games. Um, Should we start it with your fucking piece of shit ass team? Not a bad, entire, not a bad result. Story? Yeah, I mean, it, all the questions are just about Mo. Um, there's because none, none of the other good Liverpool players started the game. And Josh B said, "Is there any good reason to not rip Mo out?" Einar wrote a fucking love letter to Mo. He said, "Mo's killing my gains. Got me by the scruff of the scruff of my balls, and I can't get away. Keep thinking there's going to be a change, but my faith and hope can only be tested to a point. My therapist says it's time to take a stand, but I'm afraid. I know he'll hurt me, like he's done in the past. And the most fucked up thing is that I somehow still love him deep down. My dear Salah, I'm thinking about a minus four bringing in Kane. What are your current thoughts on Mo? And then Sunat said, do we hold hold Mo for home leads? Did we Have learn you, anything from the Forest game? I'm, I'm interested in, to hear your thoughts because... I yeah, am. I just don't think we learned anything from the Forest game. I mean, the, the arguments that I was getting into on like Twitter and shit about people who cap Mo because he's playing Central, I was like, I don't give a fuck if he's playing Central, if that's the team, you know, if that's the eleven. It's like the worst 11 in the last fucking four years. You know, it's like that is what we start in the FA Cup games. That is not what we start in Premier League games. You know, third game in six days, 60 hours off, everyone hurt. I don't really, everyone's panicking. Everyone in Liverpool, World, Anfield Rap, Discord, panicking. I'm just like, ah, you know, whatever. Like kind of a whatever game. Didn't really expect. I bet immediately bet on Forrest when I woke up. 7.20 in the morning, I looked up the lineup. I was like, okay. <laughs> Fucking insta bet on Forrest as underdogs at home. Rested. Easy, easy result as far as I'm concerned. Um, so where does so, that leave you? I don't, where does that leave you looking at him as an FPL pick for the next few game weeks? Leeds I think it depends. Southampton. Yeah, I mean, it's like one week at a time, but we'll see in the Champions League if guys are fit. Like if Tiago can play, if if Darwin can play, if Hendo can play, if Trent can play, etc. If guys are fit, I'm definitely keeping him for home leads. Um, well, they're going to be fit for Ajax and then they'll be sat and rested at the weekend again. No, because they have that. actual time off. Do they? Yeah. They have like three days. Yeah, that's a lot more than they've had the last three game weeks. Okay. Okay. So you, I'm still not following exactly on where you're at. So you think he's a good pick dependent wholly on the fitness of the rest of the team? Yes. Okay. So when they're and playing, at home, they've been good all yeah. year, you know, and away they've fucking, this, this guy tweeted out that away, they haven't even led in a game away all season. Yeah. Zero minutes no problem. in a winning position versus Fulham, Man United, Everton, Arsenal, and Forest. Yeah, I mean, that's very typical of a mid-table team, right? <laughs> no, it's not. Not even a mid-table team is typical of. But, you know, at home, they're still doing well. Scoring yeah. a lot of goals. Home lead's still a really good fixture. Yeah, I, I think he's still a good pick for home yeah. leads. <laughs> 
Unless he's hurt also, by the way, which he might just be hurt. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm still, I, I feel like I'm being held hostage by him and I have done for a while. Like, I'm just imagining the other world where he doesn't bang a hat trick against Rangers and I just don't have him as I had planned it initially and I'm just so happy. I mean, he's still almost a <laughs> well, 13 million dollar. Well, you did get rid of him. <laughs> no, I know. I just, I went like a sheep you know, the sheep that I am to go, go right back. But, you know, I mean, he's still a 13 million asset returning as though he's, you know, a seven, five asset. Um, I don't, you know, yeah, the, the fitness of the team, I agree with you, you know, that obviously matters a lot. They're playing, you know, two 19 year olds in the, you know, in the front six positions. That's not going to, you know, go well against any premier league side. I mean, but Curtis it, to me is like the most, yeah, shocking well, he, start of all of them it's like you know he hasn't played anyways he just hasn't started since fucking you know. may or april and he's just yeah in yeah. there okay but you know i i just look at it and you know you do have some good fixtures but you're not feeling confident that he's going to just be getting points just because they have good fixtures that's not i mean that's just being he's just getting by on on reputation to me from at this point based on what we've seen from him over the course of the season um, I think also though that the bigger issue is where do you go? You know, we, we're talking about Can, like how many headers is he going to score on the fucking one yard line in the season? Like he's already had like four. I feel like he had maybe zero last year. I don't know these goals. Yeah, these I goals mean, their scoring, set piece just, coach is like yeah, MVP I, of the fucking team. Yeah. They'd be on like two points without him. Yeah. And you know, he looked good against Newcastle. Yeah. I thought yeah, like, he had a couple good. good shots. Like he, you know, and. You know, it's, it's back to, I mean, I know I said this like a month ago, but like, like Kane's going to stop. He's not stopping. It's, it's just, it's, it seems absolutely insane. Hold Mo, if you can turn him at this point, it's just ridiculous to me. Yeah. With the Dom um, injury too, I think opens up because we're not the only ones in Dom. I think he was really trendy before the good run. So yeah, I mean, I don't know the severity of the injury. It looked pretty bad, but you know, I'm sure people are going like Mo and Dom to Kane and, Fucking Mickey or Anybody, every whatever. every budget yeah. mid scored this week, so I'm sure everyone's yeah. you know jumping all over that. But yeah, I have no problem with that. I mean, it's what you said is kind of like why I don't feel like I'm held hostage because like the rest of my team is just really good. You know, there's no there aren't like two three other players that I'm like I need them or my team sucks. Like I I'm losing points to these guys every week. Like blah blah blah. I wish I had these guys. I look at my team and I'm like, yeah, like Mo's not worth it, clearly. Um and there's not really anyone that I'm like dying to transfer in for him. Like both things are true, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So home leads, I still think it's a good fixture. I mean you say he's just surviving on reputation. I mean, he has 58 points. It's not like, you know, he's at five points a game. He's a 200-point player right now. Worst season he's ever been in FBL. No question about that, right? But yeah, we're talking about him you like know, I mean, he's this is... a mid-table fucking 7-5 mid. He's on pace for 200 points with no pens. Sure. Sure. You know, it's but like, it's just not true. He's 13 million. You know, I yeah. mean, he's 13 I'm, million. So... I agree he's not worth it, but he's not not getting points, you know. No, he's he's not blanking every single game. He's he's blanking, you know, two and three, you know, recently. But you look at him against, you know, just the top ten midfield picks, you know. He's just whatever. You know, I mean if he was priced eight and his name was Saul Smith, you know, he'd be like <laughs> what whatever, you know. I don't know if you just like just if he's Salt just some Smith. random guy yeah, and yeah, we're watching yeah. him play this year irrespective of his previous yeah we would be nowhere near him you know I mean yeah. I think that's what I mean in terms of you know how patient we are with him and how which not to say that there's something wrong with that inherently you yeah, know, he, yeah he totally. is the player that he is but I think you know you do need to kind of cash your chips in at some point and and rely on what you're watching because you know he's playing all the games but when you look at his returns you know I mean he's Still not getting bonus points. You know, one double return with a goal in the game week one. He has a 12 to 10, and then he's got all these singles, you know, and that's just not good enough for, for the most expensive player in the game. And, you know, would I rather have Sokka than him right now? Yes, absolutely. You know, do, do I think that it's worth a transfer? It depends on the rest of your team. Sure, all that stuff, right? But, yeah. you know, to sit here and say, like, oh, yeah, he's a good pick. Don't worry. 
doesn't make sense, right? I mean, you should worry because he's the most expensive player on your team. And, you know, there are a lot of good picks in the game, but, you know, he's he's not getting it done from from my perspective. So Yeah, I'm just firmly yeah. in the, like, talking about more my team, I think, than talking about everyone else's team. But there aren't players that I'm dying to get to replace him. And I don't agree that if he was, like, 8 million or 9 million and named fucking Gianluca whatever any name, insert any name, we wouldn't be all over him, right? I mean, he ticks a lot of the boxes that we would want out of an FPL asset, even if he wasn't Mo. You know, he's half an XG a game. He shoots three and a half times a game. He's on pens. He's creating chances. I'd be like, this guy's great. Like, this guy has double, triple returns in the future. I wouldn't be like, this guy looks bad, so I'm not going to get him. I'd be like, no, this guy's potentially going to score a ton of points in FPL. It's just... I agree. The, this whole thing for me is I agree he's not worth the value. And I have no problem at all with anyone getting rid. I don't think it's anywhere close to a normal year where we're like, oh, you're going to get fucking punished by Mo. No one's even capping him. No one's even considering capping him. You know, well, you shouldn't be. So I have no problem with any of that shit. But for my team, I'm just like, yeah, home leads is good. So just not even like looking at it yet, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's talk about Spurs and Kane and the Newcastle match and whatnot. Um, Boulder said, are we all idiots for not having Kane, regardless of how good or bad Spurs are? Catfing said, for those dummies with Mo, Kane slash Sun seem like good options to get instead. Obviously, Bournemouth seems like a fixture Kane will bang, but the next two are Poole and Leeds, which seem more like Sun fixtures. Is it overthinking to want to go Sun over Kane next week? Or is Kane just a good player, good pick last three? Dude, what Son is having such a weird season, I feel like. Like, again, he had, like, two massive chances against Newcastle. He just, like, fucked them up. Like, I, I don't know. I do feel like I'm sort of waiting for the moment where it's, like, Son is about to start fucking banging and everyone should get him. But it does feel like it's just Kane's world, right? Yeah, you're just overthinking it. Like, yeah, I think getting so. Son instead of Kane, it's ridiculous, I so. honestly. Yeah. I mean, you look at Son's... Son's Season, he has the hat trick off the bench, and he hasn't scored otherwise. And he's played That's a lot crazy. of games. He's played he's all the games, chances. basically. Yeah, but you know, this is similar. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's very similar to Mo. Honestly, is like you're watching, just like it stinks. You know, there's some stink going on, and I don't really give a fuck about the shot numbers and the underlying extra. Like that's great, but when I watch the player. It's like what this guy's fucking has two left feet or something. It's like it's just a dysfunctional <laughs> mess and it's not what I'm used to. So, yeah, yeah. you know, when we play this game of small sample sizes, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I think we should put more value on what we're seeing now. And, you know, will he turn it around? Yes. He's not going to finish the season with six goals. goals. You know, I yeah. mean, he's going to score goals because his son and he's playing in an attacking position on a good team. Well, in air quotes, a good team, <laughs> yeah. right? He'll, he'll score some more, but this again, right? It comes back to Kane watching Kane. You know, he has had better performance. I, performances i think lately yeah, from an FPL perspective upwards, sure. yeah he's been shooting more and he, he created a lot of chances against newcastle um he's their only guy who can pass sometimes right without Spurs, yes, and it's it just is. like jesus yeah. christ yeah but it's you know it does he has 10 goals i mean he scores every game he has 17 bonus points already which is yeah. insane yeah it's just, he's just having this charmed season and he's getting these breaks that are absurd and it's not sustainable, but he's sustaining it. So yeah. what are we doing instead? Like we're crossing our fingers to hope that Tiago and Hendo can play in the midfield. Therefore Mo gets all these points. Like, no, Mo looks yeah. bad. You know, I mean, other than Kevin and, and, and Holland, there's, there's nothing else out there. So, you know, it's, it, it is, it's just gains looks inevitable every game and he's finding a, a return every game and he's he's just coming in with points it's yeah i think it's an absolute it's really crazy no I'm, just, I'm just looking at kane goal it's one two three four five corners two pens out of his goals yeah but just, it's just absolutely like, insane that's seven that's of ten like so he has Fucking three, insane. He has three goals with his feet from open play all season, which is absolutely horrendous. Equal the sun. <laughs> yeah. Same as sun. Basically, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not horrendous. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and yet it just keeps happening. But th- there is something repeatable, I feel like, about the set pieces, right? Because it's like, I don't know. 
set pieces are complicated. It's probably a part of football that's like undervalued, underexamined, and I think teams are starting to get smarter with them in general. But they keep doing the same thing with just the flick at the near post, whether it's Dyer, it was Longley this week, other guys. And Kane just gets a fucking header from one foot outside of the net, unmissable header. It's happened multiple times. Yeah. Like a fucking... And headers are always low XG, and these headers are still half an XG or higher. All yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, it's that, the it's same It's clearly thing. repeatable. Like, yeah. it, it's I mean, just it's happening. The, yeah, it's the same thing where we see these teams doing zonal shit, and they put some little tiny cunt on Kane, and he loses them a little bit in the in the run up, and he just finds that space and gets inside of them, and cuts inside and gets your you know far poses. It's, it's yeah, it's it's pathetic. It's it's as though teams don't expect it to happen, I know. and you know it just keeps happening. And you know I do agree. You know the set piece coach is a big deal because you know we've spent almost a decade watching Kane. He's never been threatening on set pieces. I mean, he's like really defending set pieces. He was always good. Great, <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. But you know, offensively on set pieces, he usually doesn't even come near attempts. You know, I yeah. mean, he just kind of fake jumps like isn't in there. Like yep. I, I would be actually interested. I don't I have no idea how many goals he's scored with his head on, on set pieces, like in his career, but yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I'll try and look it up. but yeah, I mean, obviously you have that, even though it seems unrepeatable, it's, Repeat what I mean, whatever, like we're, we're grasping at straws here. And yes, the numbers are crazy in terms of the pens and the headers and whatever, but it's just, he keeps doing it. And we have a few games left and, you know, he's just doing the thing. So he seems like a no brainer to get points to me in the next few. I just don't understand how we don't have him. Like we've been taught, we've been saying this for a while and we still just refuse to bring him in. Yeah. I mean, you should I mean, just I double move him I'm in. a fucking idiot. You're yeah, gonna, you're will. gonna hit him in. Yeah. yeah they had eight will. set piece goals last season. They have seven already this season. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Not fucking bad. And it is the reason they have the points on the board. Um, on the other side of the ball was Newcastle though, who, you know, were very competitive, very even game. I thought, um, all the questions about Mickey, we fucking bashed Mickey for 10 straight minutes like a few pods ago and here we are he just scores every game side said when are you bringing in Mickey the truth Almiron Danny said such low ownership of Almiron he's about 67 points for a 5.5 million ish mid is he maybe the number one overlooked asset he frees up so much money in midfield seems like a bloody good differential also um, Park has said Almiron's the second highest scorer in the mid in the game, despite him objectively being a bad player, an incredibly fucking strange-looking human. At 5-4, do we punt for the remaining fixtures till the World Cup over an asset like Eze, for example? So just, you know, other guys in his bracket, I guess. And then Tio, with the final question, he said, can we learn anything from the Almiron Halls? Was it just one of those random things, or could we have seen anything there and jumped on? Is it too late to take advantage? And what, what the fuck are we doing here? He just... He's just like shooting six times, scoring every game, like 10 pointers for fun. It's three double digit hauls in the last five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a tough one because, you know, he's the kind Such of player who's, you know, he sort of reminds me of like Trincao last season, right? We, we, we have these players that we watch play who have obvious like skills right like they yeah. have a lot yeah. of really good skills they're clearly very technically proficient and you know they have a lot about them you know a lot of times though we watch that you know just completely fall flat on its face and you know that's kind of what's happened to him in his career so far um you know the the Newcastle guy and I've been thinking about Almiron a bit bit for the last couple of weeks and you know the Newcastle guy on the Friday show or whatever the fuck who just Hurst I was listening to yeah. it earlier. Yeah, I mean, he made a couple really good points that kind of like made me kind of take another step back just to to point out like that the team is not managed by Steve Bruce anymore or Rafa Benitez or Rafa. anymore. Yeah. I mean, these are the managers that Almiron has played under and, you know, Almiron has been playing out of position um his whole time that he's been in the league. Yeah. And now, you know, you're seeing him play in a 4-3-3 on the right wing with, you know, trips behind. You know, that right side is just very, and 
Bruno G in, you know, all of a sudden there's good service, there's good defensive cover. He's not playing, you know, as a cam with donkeys all over the place having to yeah. do the job of many. You know, there's certainly the, and we've watched him miss chances for fun since he came to the Premier League. So, you know, yes, we were putting a lot of stock in the 6,000 minutes of football that we watched, like we should, <laughs> because we're 7,000. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. many thousands of minutes of football have yeah. taught us this is not an FPL pick. This is not a player here. But he's proving us wrong. You know, I'm I'm happy to say I'm wrong when, when we're seeing something like this happen. Yeah. And we could just be seeing a player flourish, you know, where he has had a lot of these kind of underlying pieces that you know you want to see in a footballer and now he's being put in a position with you know good colleagues around him to have it be brought out of him and maybe he's pressing less you know on himself pressuring maybe he's really finally settling in after a few years you know i mean it's you know you could look at a lot of other outside factors to tell you the story or paint the picture in this way but you know the fact is right like you said his his stats are good and he's playing in an attacking position does the team create a ton of open play chances? No, but it's a good team. You know, they're solid. Yeah, they're they do team. create some yeah. chances. And, you know, Callum is, you know, a good forward for having someone play off him. You know, we saw Josh King get a lot of good returns when they played together in, in their pomp. Um, you know, he, he's able to lay it off and he's able to allow other players to run in on him and behind him and such. So, you know, he has good understandings with a lot of his teammates. He's, yeah, he looks like, you know, it's still just very we only have a few games where we're seeing this happen. Yeah. But, you know, there's certainly, I think, hope, you know, for the future that he could keep some shit up. I mean, he's 5'4", so, right, if you're 5'4", you don't have to do much. Right. What do you, yeah. what do you see with Almiron? Yeah, I mean, what's funny is that, like, we actually have so much data on him because you mentioned the thousands of minutes, but even the MLS season where they fucking, like, were gods and he was the best player in MLS or whatever. I don't really follow MLS. The reason he got a transfer, he had 12 goals, 11 assists that year. Even that year, he was way under his XG. I mean, so like we have like so many minutes to confidently be like, this is a below average finisher. And that's usually not something that changes. I think that like where a lot of our skepticism comes from, and my skepticism is still there, by the way, is like, it's unlikely for someone to just turn into a superstar out of nowhere. And that is what he's doing this year, right? He's putting up like monster XG, monster shot numbers. That shit just doesn't really happen. So like, do I think he's going to sustain it? I still don't. But obviously for, for now he's, you know, in form and everything he shoots is a goal. Every shot he takes is a goal and, you know, he's putting up a big XG and so. You know, it is what it is. I think it's just one of those FPL things. We kind of haven't had one in maybe two seasons where, like, there's just this huge bandwagon on a guy that neither of us believe in who scores 100 points and then everyone sells him. And, like, you know, we're just sitting here with our dicks in our hand like, haha, we told you he wasn't going to be a fucking 20-goal scorer. And they're just like, and everyone else in FPL is like, yeah, well, we sold him when he stopped scoring, so it doesn't matter, you know? Points right. in hand is right. better than the bush type of thing. Right, so. right, right. The lesson that we used to have for this sort of thing was just fucking get him and then just have a short <clears throat> leash because he's probably going to turn yeah. into more of what he has always been. Sort and of like Rodrigo earlier on the season. Yeah, I've sort of like Rodrigo. And when he starts doing that, you just have to have a short leash for him or start benching him. You know, he's cheap enough to bench and just go from there. I think that's like the lesson to take. I, it's just, you know, I don't know. It's hard when we have so much. Usually this player isn't someone that we have this much, you know, time watching, right? It's usually not. We have 6,000 minutes of this guy being bad. Now, all of a sudden, he's getting his points. It's usually like their first season in the league or something like that. And we're yeah. just like, no, this isn't possible, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this, you know, a lot of times for us too, right? We see players and we're like, okay, they should be doing better than this. There are a lot of reasons why they're failing. And if they were in a better situation or a better yeah. position, we could see them flying. And yeah. we never had that feeling about Almiron no. ever, not even a little bit. But, you know, this is what, where he is right now in his, in his career this season is he is playing right wing, four, three, three, consistent team, everything set up, you know. Yep. So I, I agree with you in terms of like using the words like expect or likely, like yeah. fine. Right. 
I think there is a lot to buy in here. You know, I, I yeah, do I think do, that I do. I mean, he's got a player, lot going for him on this. This is the player that they thought they were buying. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be this good. Right. That's, like, not possible. But if he goes back to being a below-average finisher, but he's still getting this much shots and this much XG, he's still an amazing 5-4 pick, right? So, like, the season in Atlanta, and I don't MLS, you know, whatever. It's a fucking piss take, that league. But, you know, he got f- over four shots per 90 in that game. Like, I mean, in that, in that season. And, you know, he's putting up fucking .48 XG per 90. You know, like, that's who they thought they were buying, attacking player. And I think the point does stand that, you know, Bruce and fucking Rafa and Graham Jones and nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. It, it's hard. It's hard to play that way. And Eddie has always kind of been a good attacking manager, right? Yeah. I feel like he always gets more out of the lesser attackers that he has. You know, like Frazier's best career years, King's best yeah. career years, Brooks, Callum. Like the list goes on of guys who like never really reach those heights ever again post yeah. Eddie. You know, yeah. so. And- you know, I mean, this is, I guess, a deeper dive, but, you know, you, I would expect, you know, we're talking about his finishing rate and, you know, above, below. I mean, he, he is getting in the box and closer to goal more now in this position. I mean, he hasn't done in the Premier League, you know, historically. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, you know, right. I could see the, the scene where it's, yeah, he's not a above average fringe because he's taking, you know, shots from pot shots and further away from goal. Right. I, I take it that's not how it works necessarily with XG and stuff, but, you know, there is something where like he's, for the bulk majority of his, you know, life and his season taking pot shots. So when he does get those few guilt edge chances, he fucking absolutely shits yeah. himself. I think right? and now a, he's getting more repeatable good yeah. chances. So he maybe can relax more on them and say, yeah, you know, I was going to yeah, say I'm gonna maybe, miss some, but it's maybe okay. it's less the fact that it's like closer because that, like you said, is accounted for in XG. But yeah. I feel like we've never even really seen him on the right and he's, right the most one-footed fucking player I've ever seen in my life. He only has a left foot. Maybe that's, you know, the unlocking is like, because you saw even just the game against, I mean, the goal against the Spurs, right? Like he gets in there, he's able to open his body up sort of like in an Anthony sort of way and just like hit the fuck out of it. And maybe getting him those specific positions in those specific spots is really what's like unlocking the goals. But yeah, I I don't know. It's one of those that like, like you always say, you know, the whole season's a small sample size. It'll be really interesting to look, you know, months from now, like where did Miggy finish this season? You know, did he have 15 goals or did he have nine? I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, he's fucking balling. Newcastle are good. Yeah. But when it comes to, you know, if you're shopping in this bracket, I think it's either him or Shaka, probably. Yeah, Shaka just keeps scoring, huh? He keeps I scoring. Mean, you know, I mean, we, you know, it's he's another in, one, right? Where yeah. it took for me a, a while, but you know, we keep watching these games, and it's like it's not a joke. He's not yeah. a DM anymore. He's just no, a he's fucking, not a DM at all. Yeah, he's a and, he's a fucking free eight in the second best team yeah. in the league, it's and he. Good. He's, I think, a really interesting comp to Eze because they sort of have similar roles, but that's where kind of like the team makes a big difference, I think. Mm. Like Arsenal are just much better and much more consistent Homer away. And he also does kind of like get in the box a little bit more. He just feels like a better FPL, like a more mature FPL pick, if that makes sense. Whereas they does like have, you know, 40 minutes could go by. I'm watching my team. I'm like... Where has he been? Like, what's he doing? You know, he gets glossed. We're still very, we're just so volatile in terms of our, you know, performances game to game. So I, you know, I do think I would prefer, um, Shaka to, to Eze right now in this price bracket. But, you know, I mean, there are good picks in this range, right? I mean, we're, we're, all three of these are, are are good options, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be, it's it's interesting. I'm interested to see what the matter is going to be after the World Cup. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's going to be really fun to like reset our teams. With all of these good value picks, not that many premium picks we want, and like sort of you can't sort of not go from have there. no after Egypt's out though, and all that rest, right? Right? Maybe. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll, Great pick. I'll see Rested. what the pictures are. Let's see what the yeah. pictures are. Pictures are really good. Yeah. So I'll probably have them. Oh um, God. But go this again. was. I wanted to bring up Voldy's question because it was kind of on that note. But he said, of the treatments that hauled this weekend, which mo- which interests you the most? Because Every cheat mid in the fucking game hauled ass, you know, this week. Um, 
So, you know, you had Bailey, Wobi, Shaka, everyone has Pereira, I assume, but Miggy, Bilva, Gordon, Harvey Barnes, Trossard, Rodrigo. There's so many picks in this range all of a sudden. And, you know, Bailey's the one that makes me like the most happy because he's finally like freed from the chains. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think, you know, Shaka, Pereira, incredible picks, very, very confident in being able to hold them long term, but, I don't know. I mean, do you have thoughts on any of these other guys? I know mean, Wobi looks good, but he's an assist guy. Yeah, I don't really want yeah, that. I mean, he's not a pick. Yeah, not particularly. I think we've kind of covered them, and we've talked about this bracket for for a spell. Yeah, you know, I think you know you just kind of throw your dart. We have a few games. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe you want to let the fixtures kind of make the decision for you a little bit more. And that's um, the only reason I think the Everton guys are even on the list is because. No one has their fixtures, right? I mean, the three three nil in the palace was obviously more than shocking, but you know they still have at Fulham, home Lee, uh, sorry, home Leicester at Bournemouth, you know. So it's good. Yeah, I mean, they they could play, you know, but they just don't really attack. They could play that every. They could play those three teams for the rest of the season. I wouldn't have a Wobby in my team. Me um, either. So Gordon, that's yeah. yeah, that's fine. But you know, there's there's still you know good options in this region. Yeah, like Barnes, he's been doing you know Lester playing a lot better. You know, there's yeah, you just you just pick whoever. All yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Except for it will be. <laughs> um, let's just jump around to some other questions. Um, Nosferatu said, Wolf and Martinelli versus Eze and Saka. So, what is it? What's the question? Wolf and Martinelli versus Eze and Saka. So. Palace and Arsenal, which combo is best? And probably Wolf Martinelli, right? This is Eze and Sokka. Um, yeah, but probably Sokka and Martinelli, right? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Got it. Um, Sean said, now that we all have a bunch of cheap shitters in defense, what do you guys look at when determining who to start slash bench given similar fixtures? I struggled picking one of Gahey, Trips, and Dyer to bench in game week 13. So obviously I need help with this because I started Gahey and, you know, the toughest away fixture in the league at Everton and, and got punished for it. But um, I don't know. What do you look at? Well, I mean, home and away is the for num- absolute number one to me. Um, I just always put so much more of a value on the home fixtures for clean sheets than the aways. So, you know, that right off the bat is, is the biggest thing. Um, and then I think next would be the, the attacking potential, I feel like in the fixture, right? I mean, assuming that aways are not cleans, which is generally what I do when I look at it, I kind of see it like as a home, I was like, okay, that could be a clean. And if it's an away, I'm like, Probably not a clean, so I need some attacking threat, or I'm not going to feel too good about that pick. It looks right. like a two to me. Right. You know, I mean, there are obviously exceptions, but you know, those are kind of the two like heuristics that I use um, when I'm trying to determine, you know, which guy to start or bench. Um, and that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, it doesn't yeah. go much past that, right? I mean, and obviously the the home and away thing <clears throat> that also factors in like the team and like you know the the clean sheet potential I feel like there are. But, you know, I guess the the closer calls tend to be to me is like if they're like both away and player A has a little bit more attacking threat but a little bit worse clean chance in my head and player B has a little less attacking threat and a little more clean chance, like that's when it gets really close, right? Yeah. You know, and and there's no perfect science like no no absolutely nowhere not. near but you know gambling odds whatever you want to look at that makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside they're not always right very oh, no, very far from always right but yeah. you, know, you just find something that you kind of believe in and and hope you get lucky i mean there's a lot of luck in the game we're not gonna like un unveil un, unveil some fucking crazy stat that no one's looked at before that predicts clean sheets like that's just not no. a thing like no, cleans are luckier than fucking goals anything goals yeah and yeah. i mean that wasn't the question to be fair yeah. right it's i think totally, just like totally. what is our process about looking at it and you know and i yeah you you have to use a lot also i think just instinct too of like you yeah. know you've after you get, you play for years, you know, and you get, well, in my case, I get worse as I continue to play, but, you know, you kind of see like things kind of overlap and like, you know, when you have these, you know, some teams that are better, they're going on the road, you're like, okay, like, 
you know, I, oh, I like, okay, United are been playing better. Like they have a road, you know, is this really going to be a clean, like, do I believe that? Or is it just going to, you know, those types of things And you, you know, you use all that because when you yeah. make your decision based on your process, whether you get a good or bad outcome points or no points, you know, that that's really all you can do and feel good about, yeah. you know, how yep. you're making the choices. So absolutely. Yeah. Trust the process. Um, Liam said, it seems that home field advantage is back in full force this year. How should we adjust our pre-match reads and assessment of teams like Brentford that are so different from home away? So Kaylee tweeted out a stat that home field advantage in the Premier League has been crazy this season. Home teams averaging 1.8 points per match and 0.9 for away teams. Last several seasons, excluding the play gear, was 1.6 home, 1.2 away. So, so far, for whatever reason this year, it's been extremely home slanted. Um, yeah. Just kind of reinforces what you were just saying, I guess. I mean, like, if there are 50-50 calls, maybe home is the deciding factor. I don't know if there's that much else we can read into it, aside from maybe when we're reading the fixture lists, just treating that as a more important factor, you know, right? Like, yeah, Everton have three really good fixtures, but two of them are away, you know? Is yeah, that, which I think is we've that been good, doing. You know? Yeah, I think like we, we, were, like, we, we had that do little... that, but maybe other yeah. people don't do that. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah. we had this little, I remember, like, maybe it was last or two pods ago, where it was like, Get there, the, the four, there was like the four game weeks, and there were like three aways and one home, or yeah. three homes and one away, where it's like, yeah. okay, well, that's a big difference, you know? Yeah. Even though they're all yeah. good fixtures or whatever. I think it was Chelsea, um, right? It was like... Yeah. They had a bunch of good Lester ones. had a lot of good aways. Yeah, it was something like something that. Like yeah. that. And we were like, actually, these are bad, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know also with that, in terms of okay, there's a bigger disparity league-wide, fine. But for us, FPL-wise, that doesn't really mean anything. Like, yeah, I think doesn't. we're looking at, like, this game between these two teams. So, you know, you want to look at, like, okay, well, Brentford is Brentford. So it doesn't matter what all the other 19 teams do home or away. Like, what do Brentford do? You know, and, and look at right, that. It's right, like, right, or right, Villa right. or Newcastle, right? And say, okay, well, the Newcastle home Villa, like, what have they been doing this year? Like, what do I expect to happen this weekend? Right. You know, and, and looking at it more contextually that way. But, you know, yeah, home, that's, but that's no different, right? Whether the number is 1.8 to 0.9 or 1.5 to 1.3, ever since we've been playing this game, you know, from watching it, it's like the home team has an advantage. You know, we know yep, that. Totally. So, you know, you that's just keep, it's keep baked in the gambling numbers yeah. for a reason. They don't just yeah. fucking make that shit up, but it is staggering when you look at it. And I think people like probably haven't really looked that much at it, but you know, people think of the worst teams in the league, you know, NFO, Bournemouth, Leicester, whatever, like, Away, they've just all conceded billions of goals and score none. You know, like NFO has one away goal on the season. You know, Bournemouth has six and six. Brentford has six and six away goals. But at home, you know, NFO has seven. Bournemouth, I mean, Bournemouth still only has four, but, you know, Brentford has 12 at, at home yeah. uh, versus yeah. six on the road. Like, it's pretty drastic. So I think yeah. people get baited in a lot with, like, you know, uh, in a way green fixture for their guy or, or maybe a perspective yeah. transfer. And it's like, eh, you should probably look a little further into that. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Um, Al said, do we have our villa back? Any potential picks now that Stevie's gone? Dude, what a fucking game that was. <laughs> yeah. That was wild. <laughs> that was it was wild. so funny, dude. Fucking dare went into like brush his teeth or something right yeah. as the game began and he missed the goal. Uh, and I was the like, Bailey goal, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Bailey goal was like in the first second. Um, just yeah, an I mean, the Evans is back, right? Yeah, Unai. I don't think Villa fans are going to be happy with that. Yeah, but that's no, like a different story. Yeah. yeah, that's another story. I mean, he, he plays some unwatchable a, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll have like a, the brief honeymoon where they're convincing themselves that it's okay to win ugly, and yes. then they'll have a bad eight-game stretch, and they will be calling for his head. Yes, that is exactly I, how that will go. Fully, in terms fully of, agree. In terms of picks, you know, with with the Ebenings returning, kind of like that for the defense, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be they're fair, all so cheap to Gerard. The defense has been fine. <laughs> All season, yeah, literally sure. all season, they've been completely fine. People are like shocked that they're good on some of the like charts that I retweet and stuff like that. Like, defense has been fine all season; yeah. they just can't attack. Just, yeah, I mean, just because they only have three clean sheets on the season doesn't mean the defense has been bad. Exactly, you know, they've, they've let up a lot of one goal games. You know, they've exactly. been generally tight. Yeah, and. <laughs> 
you know, they've had Kamara out now for a little while. So yeah. Yeah. Defense. I think defense would be the place to invest. But you know, when, when we're looking at like caretaker, blah, blah, blah at Newcastle, home man United at right, just fucking leave it alone. No, thanks. You yeah. Know, just, don't fucking just chill, pick any of their players. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a little while. We'll but, talk about uh, it, it in uh, December. Yeah, <laughs> when we're looking but it at is very, yeah. it is very nice to have Stevie gone just because yeah. it makes them potentially watchable again until, you know, Une's. Unai's ebbing honeymoon phase ends. Yeah, and they and become I, unwatchable. I still I'm think not happy they have that they, a, they hired him. You're not happy at all. No, I mean we've no, seen me this brand. Yeah, no, all I mean, over the place. In Arsenal, I think he's in Europe, a good in manager. He's a great manager, but I don't like watching but his it's team a play. Nightmare to watch them play, and I yeah. think that like Villa fans are very excited and don't really remember that it, it's pulling your teeth out. I mean, yeah. every game is basically 45 minutes attacking, 45 minutes double decker bus defending, and it's just like not a great job. Yeah. But anyway, um, Bill said, "Are there any other city defenders on option?" Are, Wow, I can't speak as usual. Are any other city defenders an option if you can't afford Cancelo? I feel like Laporte can have big upside if he gets a run of games now, but it still feels like a big if. Could he be worth a punt? Akanji also low-key played 90 in the last five matches in the Prem. Um, I don't know. I guess people still don't have three city, which is pretty surprising to me. But yeah, you could you could punt on one of these guys, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you're, you're again it looking at it. It's a punt. You know, I mean that, and that's that's not like the most favorable place to be. They have at Leicester, home Fulham, home Brent, Brentham. That could easily be three clean sheets. Yep. Do you think that you can pick a non Cancelo named defender who will play all three of those games? I personally don't. I don't. Therefore, I wouldn't want to be playing in this, you know, in this sandbox. But if you think you can, you know, I, I would probably put a Kanji top of the list just because yeah, I think he's Kanji. the best player. Um, and the flexibility is so huge. I mean, yeah. Laporte, I guess, also has the flexibility. Sometimes plays left back, but not like he this, he, right? He, like, and he not only like, he played ninety minutes. He hasn't fucking played all year. Yeah, no. So, so and meanwhile, Akanji yeah. is just starting every fucking game. Yeah. I think I mean, yeah. that means a lot to me. So, yeah. um, yes, I still just every game I watch him. I'm like, how is he playing on this team? I just don't get it. I don't know, man. He's got to be like players. one of the most overrated center backs in I'm the right. fucking world. I, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. To People me put him. together their like team of the fucking year, World Cup best 11 and like, are like, oh, Ruben Diaz, right? I'm like, what? It's insane. Um, Jitterbug said, DCL is Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth. Is it too early or is he on your radar? Aurelio followed up with the same. I mean, it was nice to see him score. He looks Insane. like old Insane DCL, show. but yeah, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is that I where you want to go for, you know, three yeah. game weeks? I don't know. I mean, he's not even cheap. He's 8 million. It's he, that pricing was fucking embarrassing. You're just taking a zoom out for a second. Like it's how, so how crazy. you're putting him in at eight when he like was just injured all year and the team doesn't function. Like he's just the team doesn't insane. even attack. He scored sixteen goals and six assists two seasons ago. They put him at eight. He did what he did last year. He played a thousand minutes, scored five goals, looked fucking absolute diabolical dog shit all season. They didn't drop his price. Same price. Meanwhile, Tony started at seven, Callum started at seven five. It I sucks. Mean, I mean he he should have been priced at six five. You know, he you put him at like six five. Seven ish, yeah. Yeah, like, maybe seven. But you know, seven in that max, region. Yeah. You, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Not a pick. No. No, thank you. Every transfer you make right now is basically a punt because there's three game weeks left. Hits yeah. are bad, hits are worse than ever. Three or game weeks. You ever? can't fucking predict everything. No, worse than ever. No. Better than ever. Careful. Worse than ever. <laughs> and you know, so I don't know. If someone fucking Voldy bring and Joanna bring in DCL, I'm not gonna be like you're a fucking idiot. Because I think I most, will be like that. Most picks are just punts basically right now in, in my eyes. Yeah. You know, outside everything. of the what obvious it, best picks is that everything has. a punt? If you think All about it. All the world is not punts. All the world is jails and churches. What about homes? <laughs> <laughs> True. Where do they fall in that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just, okay. just quoting Rage Against the Machine for fun. Um, Bill said, "Who's the best striker after Holland and Kane? Jesus, Tony, Mitro, Callum, Gloves, DCL, etc. Who do you like?" 
hard for me to go away from Mitro. He yeah, looked I mean, bad Mitro... for literally one game when he was hurt. And he's just hey, like, what back. about the games I had him when he didn't score? He didn't what look games bad. Those? He just didn't hey. score. Didn't score. Look bad. Game week eight from NFO to game week 10. Those were the games I owned. Those, that's when I owned him. Yeah, I mean, he played 89 against NFO, didn't look bad. Got hurt, didn't play. Now he's back. He's fit. Just dong every game. I don't think I can go to Metro ever again in my life. I'm Marco Silva dude, he's is literally, actually a fantasy like mine. He's blanked in four game weeks all year, and I've owned Mitro for exactly three game weeks all year, and it's been the ones that he has blanked in. Yeah, can't have this in my That's team FBL, anymore. baby. Unbelievable. But in all seriousness, I mean, Marco wait, wait, Silva on, wait, wait. Hold on, is hold on. a fucking gold mine for FBL because he's a fucking psycho. He yeah. is all out attack every game, doesn't matter. And, you know, that's good for FPL because all their guys are cheap. Yeah, fair. But he did look shit the other game. The one yeah, we got there the was pen. the, the first game that? back when he was like, he couldn't move. Yeah, look shit. Yeah, and I think I think that was Bournemouth. Yeah. And then, you know, the next game he was back. Normal. You know, yeah. they fucking end this game again, you know. Um... So I don't know what third striker do you like then if you don't like Metro? Well, I don't like him, you know, personally, but I, I would recommend him. Yes. <laughs> if that's, you know, we could separate those two things. Yeah, out, right? yeah, we I think can. Well, that's more fair. That's fair. We can do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, do I mean, that. he's he's showing continually that he just fucking shits a goal every game like Kane, you know? Yep. Pretty good. Sunat said, do we get KDB over Foden? I mean, KDB has always been better than Foden, right? He's yeah, just more I mean, expensive. But, I mean, this is a fucking, this is not more expensive. It's like an extra play. I mean, it's a four million. Four I don't know how that's more. the, I don't know how that's like the question. Yeah, really. I don't it's, really it's know also, either. It's like, why is that the question? Like, who else, who, what's the other player in this, yeah, you know, I, in this, I, I don't in, know. In this equation? Foden probably not even one is player, still it's like two a players. great pick. He didn't start one game. Like, no big deal, guys. Like, he's still a great pick, but Kev is, is better, obviously. It's four million yeah. better. Whatever. But also, it is. they're both great. They're both great. Yeah, I don't really get it. Um, Graham said, if Solanke's out until the World Cup, who do you want to replace him? Would you consider going back to someone in the Archer price bracket and spending elsewhere? I have such you know, a hard you, time getting a fifth yeah. mid because Pereira's so good. Yeah, you could just pretend that you have 14 players and you just start Pereira. He's home Everton take, this week. It's take like it a out of great your hands, fucking start. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's at um, City and home Man United in 15-16. You probably don't want to start him in those. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for this week, great start. I mean, but look, looking at the cheap forward bracket, you know, I mean, is there, you know, Mitro's not too far away, right? I mean, how much yeah. is 6-8? It's a million. You know, it's not that close. But is there is there anyone like in the 6-5 and under that you that you would tip here? Or do you think it's all just too much shit? It's looking real bad. Scam uh, lad. I guess. Batman United, Home Palace, Home Leicester. This could be a lot worse. But he's the same price as Metro. Yeah, so I'd rather get Metro. Yeah, and there's no one right. really cheaper than than Dom that I like. Right. Versus yeah, there are it. a million mids that are cheaper that we right. do like, you know, so right. Right, yeah, right, I guess I guess yeah. that does make sense from that perspective. Start okay. Pereira this week and get someone else for the last two, something like that. Yeah, um, that makes Mr. sense. Ralph, like that. Why are we targeting NFO, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Leicester who have become good, whilst Wolves are by far the worst team in the league? And then Alex followed up with kind of a longer, more macro question. He said, what do you guys think of the idea that there's no whipping boys this season? Bournemouth, Forest, Fulham, Leicester, Villa, all targetable, but none seem as bad or open as recent teams like Bielsa's Leeds, Norwich, or West Brom. Obviously not necessarily important for captaincy, because obviously we're Holland every week, but what do you two see as the implications for the, of this for targeting for other attackers relative to both the Game Week 14 through 16 upside picks and long-term? Would love to hear your thoughts. Good question. Good question. Really yeah. good. No, it's a, yeah. Um, well, what, what, what do you see? You know, how are you looking at that? Well, I mean, I just kind of like, I'm fresh off falling flat on my face with that, right? I went to Nestera totally upon, I, it's not like I think he's some fucking god FPL pick or anything like that, but I, part of the reason I went for him is at Leicester Home Villa, two, two top 
three or four best fixtures in the league, right? Like that, those are games where I expect goals and I expect openness and, you know, it didn't come through for me. You know, Leicester, I, Leicester aren't really good for any of these clean, so I don't really buy that. But yeah, I mean, it probably does mean that patience, it does sort of feel like patience is better than ever this season. <laughs> like patience right now, this season so far has been the best asset for the best managers, I think, because transfers aren't really working that well, which is probably because of this reason, right? Like going for that high upside, going for that fucking, you know, Fulham Forest game or something like that is just not hitting the same way that scoring six against Leeds and four against Norwich was in in years past. So, you know, probably means sitting tight more, rolling more transfers, using your depth. Pereira is like one of the best four or five mids ever in the history of the game. Um, more of that and less of like hitting, going for the upside, going for definitely don't, don't go for a differential cap because it doesn't matter who city is playing. They score three and Holland scores most of the three. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at, I guess. Okay. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, teams go through like phases of play, you know, and, you know, with NFO, right. They were open all over the show. We for called the first six, right. And that, yeah. So I think it's a matter of being able to more quickly snap yourself out of, you know, what has been happening recently into what like is happening right now. Right. right? Like that right, right, game right. when NFO fucking parks it, and stops doing mad shit, you know, playing with fucking six of their players in the other half, like the whole game. You know, okay, this isn't a targetable uh, offensive fixture. However, it's still NFO and they still play Steve Cook at center back. So you're always going to have in the back of your mind, like, okay, I know that they're not as open as Leeds Bielsa, but this is still NFO with bad players playing mostly in all the positions. So even though they're playing a more solid style of football, they could still lose 4-0 to a good team. I mean, no no one's going to make qualms about that. So, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it it hasn't worked yet, you know, in terms of targeting these bad teams. And and Fulham, right? This, This is a different case. Fulham offensively, you know, for attackers against Fulham, absolutely targetable. Great targetable fixture. fixture. I was going to bring so, up Fulham. You know, even just putting these teams in the same category is not fair. Right? Each team is, is very deserving of being in their own cat, separate category. Yep. Bournemouth, right? They bent over against Liverpool, bent over against City, fired that fucking piece of shit fighter pilot with the three stripes on his fucking arm, got someone who actually wants to coach <laughs> the players pilot. that are there and work with the workers, and they turned it around. But we're making no mistakes about this. The players on Bournemouth's team are fucking bad, generally speaking. So, okay, they've been keeping it tight. They've been, you know, having a tight ship, but there are a couple of slips away or a couple of little bips and bops from just getting killed four or five nil. You know, I mean, these are still, this is still the DNA of these teams with these squads and these capabilities, you know? So, you know, you're still going to be playing FPL to target them. Whether or not it always works out is, you know, that's neither here nor there. You know, it's not like, oh, okay, well, they're, they're not targetable anymore. So, you know, I guess when my team plays a good team, then that's just, just as good. You know, right, it's not, right, right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, how yeah. do you action that? You know, I, I don't think you really can or should, you know, I, you still do see, you know, a team like Fulham. Like if your team is playing Fulham or Leeds, you know, Leeds maybe to a little different category. They play 30 minutes of high intensity where a team can't attack them. And then there's around 60 minutes of the game where they can't do anything and they can get fucking destroyed. Right. But, you know, you still have teams that you want your attackers to be playing. And, you know, we've only had fucking like nine, 10 games or 10 yeah, or whatever games, right? Very early in the season. So we still have two thirds of the season to go. You know, I, I think it is, you know, from those kinds of standpoints, I'm still playing the game somewhat similarly just to, you know, worse and results. I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I also wanted to throw in like a lot of this to me is also just like game state. And I know that that's, you know, sort of a very broad, vague statement, but if you just look at NFL Liverpool, for example, right? Like, up until the NFO goal, it was just a double-decker bus and Liverpool just had like 80% of the ball and all the shots and whatever. There's a world where like that Van Dyke header goes in or the fucking Carvalho chance goes in. The wheels fall off. They, they eventually at home are going to try and go for a point 
Right? There's no point in just conceding and just forfeiting the game. Eventually, these teams will open up, right? Like, if you go up early against Bournemouth, they're not going to just double-decker park the rest of the game. Like, that's just not real reality, of, especially at home, right? And we saw that a little bit from West Ham today. I mean, they went up, you know, on a fucking... Uh, don't get me started on the fucking handball situation there, but I, I, I can't I can't talk on that, but... For the rest of the game, I mean, West Ham just kind of had their way with them. Like, it was just Bournemouth trying to be not themselves and doing it very badly. And West Ham just, like, repeatedly getting into dangerous positions. Yeah, they only scored a pen late. But the game the game didn't really... That wasn't what the game was. That's not how the game played out. So I do think that, like, as always with these buses, and we see, we've seen it for years with, like, City and Liverpool, it's like, if they score early... Anything's possible. Yeah. Like if City score in the tenth minute against any of the teams, I expect five. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if if the team is keeping it tight and it's nil nil on sixty, you know, fucking good on them. They probably got yeah. a little lucky and it's it's a tight one and you missed that window of opportunity. But that doesn't mean there was no opportunity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One final thing on this: Wolves were like I've never seen Wolves play like that in my life. That was they were flooding men forward and playing like they were, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters. So, <laughs> what was that game, dude? Can we just? I mean, I've never seen anything like that. They, they it was, Leicester scored it was actually with their amazing first four shots. <laughs> they scored a goal. It was four nil with four shots. Wolves were Bangers. destroying them for a large, large percentage of that game. Yeah. Um, they, if they play, if they play like this for the next few, they're going to give up many goals. There's many goals. So if you have Tony, be happy about that is all I'm saying. But, you know, we, we have to see they have the caretakers and, and all the things, you know, everyone's yeah, I don't fucking know how they're turning play. that job down. But that was just like another thing of like, okay. You think like, oh, Wolves, just they're tight. Like, they don't really attack. They just defend. Like, is this a good fixture or not? Like, literally right now, it's a fucking really good fixture for yeah. an attacker. You know, yeah. not, not as good for... I don't know how they didn't score. I mean, we know how they didn't score. Their fucking players how. are terrible. But, you know, they created more chances in this game than maybe they have done all season combined. I mean, so, they had 2.3 XG on FBRF. Yeah, That's I mean... That's fucking high. Was, yeah, the shots are 23 to 7. Yeah, I mean, it's so, you know, you, you look at that and it's, you know, you're licking your lips from a, from an attacking standpoint facing them right now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. see if it sticks. Are they hiring someone or? Everyone's just saying no, I think so far. So we'll see. No, I would. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Let's, uh, jump to our teams, I guess. Wrap it up. Sure. Ish. And we have a my life coming, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have back to normal week, so that's you know that's a very good thing to have. Yeah. Um, here I'll pull up my team here. Um, I don't know, it's fucking Monday. I don't know what I'm doing yet. This is maybe an example of what we were just talking about, though, right? Sinistera at Liverpool. Don't want to start him, but Pereira's home Everton. <laughs> so, like, what's the transfer I'm doing there that's better than just starting Pereira home Everton? Well, you're stuck with Solanke, though, so that throws a spanner. As of now, I wouldn't be starting either of them. I'd be starting Gagne, home Southampton, starting one of the Spurs wingbacks, hoping to get that right again, starting Tripp, starting Cancelo, starting my four mids, my fourth being Pereira, and starting Holland and Mitro. Yeah. I mean, if there isn't a player that you actually like, really like instead of Sinistero, then I think that you should do do that. Yeah, so I'm looking at probably saving... Um, but isn't it most likely that, well, like, oh, they have Champions League, I guess, right? Okay. What? Who? Um, for Spurs, I'm thinking like it's obviously going to be Real and Perisic. I hope not, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the but I'm saying. Like, do. that is their first choice pairing. Yeah, maybe. I, I have a feeling that Doc might be first choice over Royale. Yeah. I don't think that at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm putting a lot of stock into Conte bigging him up, Conte hugging him, Conte talking yeah, about how good he was, how he's finally yeah, fit, how he's back to the last season yeah, levels. I Maybe don't care I about any of that. Yeah, I, I think do. Royale is definitely first choice still. But even regardless, you know, how are you playing that roulette? 
Yeah, I mean, I I chose this path of fucking chaos, yeah. so I'm just on it for now. But yeah, right. I'm just gonna base it sort of on what the vibes are, who they play in Champions League, what I think is gonna happen, you know. And okay. worst case, I get a fucking auto sub or you know a, a short a appearance, a yeah. one pointer. Most of my fucking players get one point anyway, you know. This week or, I had this week was actually unbelievable. My points were. Zero. I had two zeros. I had one, two, three, four, five, six two pointers. I had Mitro six pointer, Kev nine pointer, and Holland. Just yeah. like crazy. Um, sorry, what are you saying? Starts in Astera? Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would he'll, he's first on my bench. Do that. I would probably rather do that than throw a dart at Doc or Sus. I don't know, but it's at Bournemouth. That's the thing. Yeah, but you you get no points if they don't play, you know. I mean, I know, but I'm saying like if yeah. I nail it, I think it's a really high chance of a clean, with you know potentially more there. All right, well, we'll we'll go there next. We'll week. Get I'm, there right later, now, I'm yeah. thinking like if he does Parasitch and Royale midweek, which I expect, Royale's probably much more likely to be able to play two in a row. So then maybe you do Sess, and he'll get you zero points when he starts, like he just did. It's gonna be great. Great. But yeah, so we'll get there later. And then, you know, obviously okay. I'm capping Mo over Holland. So that's yep, Mo over Holland, no question about that. <laughs> Dude, people were fucking mad when I was tweeting about, like, that was just a really fucking stupid play. They were like, it's, that wasn't stupid. I'm like, okay, brother. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, All whatever. Right. Um, and then your <sighs> team. So, oh, I don't, whatever. I don't know. I might do, I you don't know. know, fucking who cares. You're hitting Mo out? Maybe. Maybe For I'll can. save. I don't know. Okay. We'll talk about it on the next one. We'll figure that out on Thursday. Um, I got one anus to slap, one new sign-up. Caleb Seekins. Get him in there. Slap the ass. I think that's about it, man. All right. Fun. Any last words? See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, dude. Check us out at FMLFL.com. Follow us on Twitter. FMLFL support. Subscribe. Review. Subscribe.